Let us continue our worship in the Word of God, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 36 through 38. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. For in a little while, He who is coming will come and will not delay. And but my righteous one will live by faith, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. Amen. In this tumultuous time, we are to pray for our family, church, and nation. The impending election is only 30 days away, and in addition to our civil right to vote, we have a spiritual right to pray and make every breath and moment leading up to it count. So let us seek our God and raise our petition to Him in this 40 days of prayer. No matter the outcome, may we trust and glorify Him because we are God's people. Amen? Now, there are three themes that we will focus during the 40 days of prayer. First, purification through repentance. Second, perseverance by faith. And lastly, preparation with hope. Last week, if you recall, we delved in the purification through repentance. And as there is no revival without repentance of God's people, it is a time for us to thoroughly examine our heart, our faith, even our lives, and Repent for our complacent, compromising, and complaint hearts. Today, uh, we will focus on the second theme, the perseverance by faith. What is perseverance? Well, perseverance is a product of faith, believing and expecting that God will come in His time. Let me say it again. Perseverance is a product of faith, believing and expecting that God will come in His time. Because we believe, we persevere to wait for God's leading, God's showing. Look at verse 37. In just a little while, He who is coming will come and will not delay. Notice here the notion of perseverance. And there are two points. First, there is the notion of endurance and also notion of expectation. Endurance and expectation. Perseverance means enduring through and waiting in expectation until the fulfillment of God's promise in our lives. Because we believe, we endure whatever we are facing right now as we expect God to work in and through our lives. And patiently and actively, we are waiting for God. That's perseverance, endurance, and expectation. Then how can we persevere until the very end? How can we endure until the end as we expect God to show up? And that's the question that we would like to answer today. There are three suggestions that will help us to persevere until the very end. First, I believe we must increase our faith. We must increase our faith. Look at verse 38. My righteous one will live by faith. 
and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. Wow, what a powerful word, yet a warning also to all who believes in Jesus Christ. Clearly, God wants us to not shrink back, but increase our faith. I, and I believe that many things are being exposed in this time of so-called crisis. Especially the true color of many churches and Christians are coming out, including all of us. Our, our faith is clearly being tested. And I tell you, the testing of what our faith is made out of. And that's what's actually happening right now. In this time of crisis, is your faith coming out of your life? Is faith shrinking back in your life? That's the question that we need to ask. Look at COVID. Surely the fear is dominating, dominating everywhere in this world. Many people are living in fear because of COVID. Now, are we going to follow the pattern of this world as we operate in fear? And I'm not saying that we should not be, we should, I mean, we should be cautionless in dealing with COVID. That's not what I'm saying. But surely we must be careful not to operate in fear. Some of Christians are so paralyzed out of COVID that it's hindering the practice of our faith. And I'll tell you, my brothers and sisters, COVID, this thing is not the end of the world for us. It's not going to cause us to the end of the world. Remember, the Lord Jesus Christ conquered even death. And we should not even be afraid of death as believers of Jesus Christ, ultimately. So why are we so afraid? Why are we so paralyzed to do anything for the glory of God? What is your faith made out of? What about social unrest? And I understand that many things are going on and unfortunately our nation is going through many social problems. But are we going to keep complaining and blaming or are we going to faithfully engage our lives without arguing and complaining? Are we going to focus on our priority of the gospel ministry, reaching out and proclaiming the message of Jesus Christ times like this? Or are we going to just do nothing? If we are truly God's people, I believe that our faith must be developed even more. As Paul said in Romans chapter 5, and three, five, three, and five. It says, not only so, we also glory in sufferings because we know that the suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame, but God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Even times like this, we are to develop our faith. Paul says, as we rejoice, even we are facing sufferings of many kinds. That's why we can rejoice even facing these crises. And remember, untested faith is not faith. Our faith is being tested right now and is rightly so. We should be tested. Our faith should be tested in a way. And in the midst of crisis, we are to develop our faith. It is an opportunity for us to grow. 
Look at James chapter 1 verses 2 through 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If I add, not lacking anything to seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness. We must build up our faith as we hold on to the promise of God. My brothers and sisters, what is the promise of God? I mean, if you look at all the promises of God made upon God's people throughout the history of the world in the scripture, it can sum up in one thing. Emmanuel, God with us. The Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of our God's promise. Ultimate fulfillment of God's promise. What does it tell us? Remember the promise of God. The promise of the presence of God. He is with us. He is leading us. He is saving us. That's what we have. The promise of God. And how do I know? We have the Holy Spirit as a guaranteeing deposit of that promise fulfillment. Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the God's promise that God will be with God's people. And He is with us. If God is with us, then who can be against us? If God is with us, what can stop us from rejoicing and worshiping the Lord our God from wherever we are? Remember the promise of God. God is with you no matter what. I know that some of you had to be isolated for whatever reason, especially because of the COVID situation, you're not alone. God is with you. He is with you. He will never forsake you nor leave you as you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And He will strengthen us. He will empower us. He will encourage us to continue to believe again and again in Him and continue to move forward with faith that we have in Christ Jesus. Amen. We must increase our faith. And this is a time for us to do so. And as we do so, the people will be blessed by us. And that's the best way to evangelize. Best way to show our faith. As we continue to hold on to the promise of God, live our lives faithfully, and increase our faith. And it is my prayer. If we really want to persevere, first, we must increase our faith. Amen. Now, secondly, we must learn to fight in spiritual warfare. We must learn to fight in spiritual warfare if we really want to persevere until the end, enduring through and waiting for God with expectation. Look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 through 12. It clearly teaches us the reality of our world. It says, Put on the full armor of God, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. My brothers and sisters, our struggle is not against the flesh and blood but ultimately against the spiritual forces of this dark world. And I tell you, there is the dark forces working, exerting in this world. There is the devil. There is the evil one who is trying to 
destroy God's people in this world. Even in our nations, my brothers and sisters. And what we are facing in our nation is not just a matter of sociological problem, social problems. It's, the, it's not just a battle of the political ideologies. No, beyond the social problem, beyond cultural hostility, beyond the political instability, there is a spiritual warfare going on. And as Christians, we should acknowledge that. We should realize that. It is our reality. Perhaps you could not recognize because you might not be spiritually mature. But that doesn't give us an excuse to neglect the reality of the spiritual warfare. It's a time to open our eyes and fight if you are a believer of Jesus Christ. Our enemy will not be merciful to you just because you are you just became a Christian. Just because you just are trying hard. Every Christian must fight in this spiritual warfare. It's inevitable, unavoidable. It's inevitable reality in our lives. Now, how does our enemy work? Well, our enemy thrives in fear, thrives in guilt, thrives in confusion, and he's trying to deceive, divide, and destroy God's people. There are three things. He's trying to deceive, divide, and destroy. And I believe there that we must fight against first spirit of deception. All the lies and propagandas from the narratives of this world that people are just in so into these days. It's very hard to discern what is right and what is wrong nowadays. And even culturally speaking, what is happening is what is that the what it used to be considered wrong is right. What is considered to be right is becoming wrong. Well, that was already predicted in the Bible. In the last days, what is right becomes what is wrong. What is wrong becomes what is right. And that's what we are living, living in confusion. I mean, look at every aspect of our lives in this nation, politically, culturally, socially, even religiously, even in the Christian churches. These confusion is a big problem today. We are so confused about what is right, what is wrong, and what is proper, what is improper, what is biblical, what is not biblical. Well, that is why we must fight with the Word of God that never changes. That's why I've been telling my brothers and sisters that we need to hold on to the Bible, the biblical principles. We cannot compromise. We cannot try to alter what it says in the Bible. We, that's the only thing that will keep us not confused, keep us sharp, understanding what is happening in this world. No wonder we need to study hard against this, study hard the, the, the Word of God against the spirit of deception, especially when confusion is prevalent in our society. Also, we need to fight against not only spirit of deception, but spirit of division. I mean, this cancel culture is invading the churches today. If we have some kind of disagreement, even amongst Christians, we tend to cancel each other. If you are with me, 
If you are not with me, I mean, you are against me. Man, that kind of cultural shift is happening today. And I think it's very alarming. I mean, I've been seeing the church being divided or Christians fighting and slandering one another because of some of the difference in political ideologies. And I'll tell you, yes, we can debate, we can talk, we can express our opinions, we can surely share, but not with this slandering attitude. We really need to be very careful. The enemy can really work against us if you just let go of our alertness. And we must fight against the spirit of division. I'm not saying we should seek for uniformity. No. What I'm saying is we need to learn to bear with one another. We need to love one another. We need to learn to listen to one another. We need to learn to love one another. Let me just put it simply. Also, we need to fight against the spirit of destruction. Well, what's happening in our culture, in our society, in our world today? The Christian values are being attacked, even threatened. The enemy is always trying to destroy the values, families, and societies, even the churches. And at the end, the churches will be attacked. And it is. And it's not only happening in America. It's actually really happening around the nation right now, around the world. The, the Christian faith is being persecuted, is being attacked. The family values are being threatened. And so in social chaos, the church is being attacked ultimately. We really need to fight against these three things. The spirit of deception, division, and destruction. Be alert. We are engaging in this spiritual warfare if you are a believer of Jesus Christ. Now, you might ask them, how can we fight? Let me just put it this way. I know that this will be another series on the spiritual warfare. I'm not going to get into it today, but just I'll give you one uh, powerful verse for us to really meditate as we fight in this spiritual warfare. Romans chapter 13, verse 14. It says, Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. In that simple phrase, everything that I want to say is in there. Clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> clothe Him. I know it sounds weird, but meaning become like Him. Be Him, becoming like Him. That's what it means. Clothe yourself. Follow Christ, His ways, His teachings. Be like Christ. Right? And I think there are three things that we need to pray and clothe ourselves with Christ. About three things. First, discernment as we seek God's Word. I was kind of mentioning that when I was talking about the tactics of the enemy especially the, the deception. Against the deception, how are we going to fight? How are we going to distinguish what is right, what is not right in our society, in our culture? Well, discernment. How do we discern? We need to see God's Word. Whatever the Bible says. That never changes. I want, I want to say it again. The whatever the Bible says, the biblical principles never change. We need to hold on to that. We need to study the Word of God even more in times like this. 
when confusion is prevalent in our culture, in our society, in our world. That's why I remember start from the from the march when things are going crazy in our society. I, I was charging all the believers and all of you that we need to discern and pray. We need to seek God's wisdom before we act, before we do anything. Why? Because that's how we should fight in a spiritual warfare. Discernment is something that you need to pray for. And it doesn't just come out of nowhere. Just because you're smart, because you're highly educated in the, in, in the higher education. No, it comes from the wisdom of God. It comes from the word of God. Are you seeking God's wisdom? If you look at James, James was teaching us what? If you lack wisdom, ask God. He will give you wisdom. That's what the Bible says. Are you asking God for wisdom before you say, speak, act? Whatever we do, especially in this hostile culture that we are living in today, as we want to shine the light of Jesus Christ in whatever we do, the way that we speak, way that we perceive, way that we treat one another, way that we reach out to other people, in person or even in social medias. Something you and I must think about carefully and discern. Because the spiritual battle is behind, behind all these things happening today. Discernment as you seek God's word. Clothe yourself with Christ and ask for discernment. Second thing that I would like for you to, to think about or hold on to as you fight, as you clothe yourself with Christ Jesus, is dependence. First discernment, dependence. As we pray and seek God's empowerment. You know why we need to pray? It's the ultimate expression of dependence. We are depending upon God every day. I don't know about you. Even as a pastor, I need to depend on God to what to say, for what to say, for how, how I act, and how I treat my kids and to raise my family. All that, we need to ask God and depend on God for His wisdom, His power. And the Bible says, if you pray, if you depend on Him, He is pleased, first of all. Second of all, He will grant you His power. Not just our power, not just human power. It's divine power is available. How do I know? Guaranteeing deposit of that reality is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is with you, in, residing in us. He is going to help us. Do, are you sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit? That's what I want to ask. And if you are depending on the Holy Spirit, I'll tell you, He will empower you. He will teach you what to say. He will teach you how to act. He will teach you how to bless other people. He will teach you how to raise your families. How to study even. How to work in your workplaces and marketplaces. He is real, isn't He? If you truly believe Him, and I believe He is, he speaks to us ever so powerfully through Scripture. The Holy Spirit works so mysteriously, yet powerfully, yet in a real way, in a real sense. So personally as well. Dependence is the key, my brothers and sisters, as we fight in our spiritual warfare, as we are clothing ourselves with Jesus Christ. Also, we need to 
last but not least, if you think about is diligence. So di discernment, dependence, and diligent as we faithfully practice our faith. One of the responses that I spoke about previously uh, as we as our nation is going through this uh, um, this social unrest and all kinds of crisis, uh, one of the thing, one of the responses as a Christian we must do, if you remember, is what we need to be faithful. Faithful in what? Faithful in our lives, your daily lives first. How can you be faithful in the bigger things when you're not faithful in the small things? Are you faithful in your everyday life, whatever that you need to do, in your work? in your relationship with your family, in your relationship with others, in your school, wherever, whatever you need to do, be faithful. But mostly, we need to be faithful in practicing our faith. Are you seeking God faithfully, diligently every day? Are you praying? And especially these 40 days of prayer, how much more we need to pray especially for our nation, right? Are you faithfully doing that? I'm not asking you three hours of prayer every single day. I'm, I'm sure some people, some godly people will do so. And I know some people used to dedicate their lives to pray. And even some of them are praying for us in our church, even for me, prayer partners that I know. They are faithfully praying. I'm not even asking we should be in that level. I'm just talking about daily prayer. Every day, faithfully, are you praying for your family, for your church, for your country? Just daily faithfulness. That's how we fight, my brothers and sisters. That's how we fight in the spiritual warfare. Uh, discern with the discernment, with the dependence, and with diligence. We will fight in our spiritual warfare as we clothe ourselves with Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it means to to clothe ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, we must learn to fight in our spiritual warfare if you want to persevere. Last but not least, in order for us to persevere until the very end, we must seek accountability. We want to seek accountability. We cannot persevere in our faith alone, my brothers and sisters. I can't. You cannot. And God knew. God knows this. God knew this. That's why he says he formed a church, the body of Christ. He formed a family of Christ. The church is your family, your spiritual family. We are family in Christ Jesus. Petra is a family. We need the family of Christ, the body of Christ. And within the body of Christ, we need to sharpen one another. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Meaning it's not just social, uh, extracurricular social organization we are seeking. No, we are family. Striving to be more like Christ together as one body of Christ. By worshiping, by praising, and glorifying God. That's what it is, right? then how much more we need to encourage one another. Not just encouragement. We need to, Bible says, we need to admonish one another. You know what he's saying? Basically, we need to sharpen one another. Sharpen to do what? To become more like Christ. To focus on developing our faith. 
together as one body of Christ. I'll give you some other verses about this accountability. First Thessalonians 5 chapter 11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build one, and build one another up just as you are doing. We are to encourage one another, my brothers and sisters, not to put and discourage one another. That's why the slanderous attitude we, can, we cannot tolerate in the body of Christ. We cannot put each other down with our words and our attitude. We need to really encourage one another, build on one another up. That's what we are called to do. So build each other up, encourage each other to do what? To, again, to seek God and His kingdom and His righteousness. Our focus is not ourselves, that we will feel good about ourselves and we will just love one another. No, so that we will be kingdom workers. We will seek God's kingdom and His righteousness. That is the purpose. Our life purpose, life purpose is not concentrated or centered around us. It's all about God and His kingdom and His righteousness, my brothers and sisters. Therefore, why do we encourage one another? So that we can seek His kingdom and His righteousness. Don't forget, we are theocentric people, God-centered people. Amen. And that's what we need to strive to do. That's why we need to keep each other accountable so that we will keep our faith toward Christ, toward God, that we will center around Him as we continue to live on. Look at Luke chapter 17, verse 3. Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. Again, this is talking about the dynamics of accountability, isn't it? Some things happen. We make mistakes. We are still struggling with sin, you and I, all of us. We are not exempt from the temptation. We are not exempt from the struggle of sin. But if we do, however, fall into sin, what do we do? We need to help each other to repent and come back to God. That's why the forgiveness is very important, also part of the church. At the same time, admonishment is a very important part of the church as well. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 through 5. And let me just put one verse there. Uh, bear one another, one another's burden, so fulfill the law of Christ. In order for us to fulfill the law of Christ, it says bear one another's burden. What does it mean? Bear with one another. Help each other. Yes, we will disagree and we will we'll face a lot of different conflicts even amongst saints amongst christians but we really need to strive toward the true spiritual fellowship in holy spirit as we read these verses you can clearly see the fellowship of the saints is one of the crucial components of church again that's why i don't believe in internet church or fellowship Yes, we can utilize for our advantage, just like today. It is not the main, however, way to keep our fellowship within the church. And we must gather in person for effective fellowship. It's different when you're speaking through Zoom or in person. I, you might say, oh, I'm, I'm a traditional guy or something, but I really believe if you really want to make, even in business, even in any kind of relationship, in-person in -person encounter is the most effective way to communicate. And I believe for the effective fellowship, 
effective biblical fellowship, we really need to gather. And it is our prayer that by starting next week, we'll resume our in-person worship um, and we'll gather and worship together. And we will try to do as fast as possible so that, so that we will all join together. And, and please join us when, you, when we do uh, resume our in-person worship. Now, are we praying for one another? For this fellowship? Are you putting enough effort to keep the unity of the church? Unity in the church? Don't forget, my brothers and sisters, the enemy is trying to destroy the dynamics of the church or fellowship of the church by what? Fellowship of the saints by cancel culture. Cancel culture is embedding into churches these days, as I mentioned already. Just because you have a different political ideology or cultural orientations or social perspectives or ministerial convictions, I see Christians slandering and canceling other Christians and this must stop. Even over ministerial convictions. Christians slandering and canceling other Christians. If you are doing that, my brothers and sisters, you are we are following the you are following the pattern of this world. That's what the world does. Canceling and slandering. Especially nowadays. I mean, look at the news today. Christians, we know we must be different. Amen. That's what we are called to do. We are called to be holy people. Holy what? What does it mean by holy? To be different. Set apart. Not following the pattern of the world. The way of the world. Yes, where the world tells us to cancer just because we have a political difference, cultural difference, or social difference, or whatever you want to call it. Ministerial differences. We really need to clearly, my brothers and sisters, understand this. Bear with one another. Though we might have disagreement, do not cancel each other, please. And with mutual respect and love for one another, we can keep one another accountable to grow. Again, what is the purpose of the fellowship of the saints in the church? So that we can grow in faith and ministry for the glory of God. We are to keep each other accountable so that we can seek His kingdom and His righteousness. That is what we are to do. We're not here to make you feel good about yourself. That's not what church function is for. We are here to what? As a church, that we will encourage one another, help each other to grow in Christ, in our character, in our life operation, in our ministry, we will help each other and keep each other accountable so that we can become more like Christ as one body of Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, that's what we saw, what we studied just now. Three things in order for us to persevere. We must increase our faith. We must learn to fight in spiritual warfare. And we must seek accountability. And as we are God's people through Jesus Christ, we must continually depend on Him, my brothers and sisters, the author and perfecter of our faith. And though it gets tough to be faithful in our lives, to even to persevere, we must 
keep persevering. Keep persevering. Keep persevering. God will provide, my brothers and sisters, the strength and power to do so. He will provide. He is with us. That's why we must never quit, but persevere. The quit, quitting is not in our dictionary as Christians. Amen. We do not quit in seeking God, in, in building the church, and in loving one another as one body of Jesus Christ. Let me close with famous speech of one of the greatest leader, leaders of the 20th century, Winston Churchill, who led the world to victory over Nazi Germany during the crucial time of World War II. And we know who he is. He gave this speech when the Britain was desperate in dire situation, in the brink of the losing a war, as he saw the broken buildings of London after Germany's bombing. And this is what he says. You can actually listen to it too, by the way. Nowadays, the technology allows us on YouTube. and You can actually listen to his speech. Maybe you should. It's, it's very interesting and very helpful for those who try to understand what is happening and as we look back in our history. But anyways, he said this. Never give in. Never give in. Never, never, never. In nothing, great or small, large or petty, never give in. Except to convictions of our honor and good sense. Never yield to force. Never yield to the apparently overwhelming might of the enemy. And if you are going through hell, keep going. It is not enough that we do our best. Sometimes we must do, we must do what is required. And I like that last one. We must do what is required. And perseverance is something we must do. What is required for us to do as Christians. My brothers and sisters, it is my prayer that all of us will learn to fight, will learn to persevere by faith, especially in this during 40 days of prayer. Let's learn to develop the perseverance, what is required for us to have. Amen. Let's pray. Please respond to what you just heard and pray. Let us depend on God and step by step, He will teach us, He will help us, He will lead us as we persevere, enduring through and expecting God to show up.